next talk is by Chuck C. of the Beverly Hills, California group and was recorded at the Tudor Group of Alcoholics Anonymous in the city of New York, April of 26, 1953. Chuck that year was the delegate to the General Services Conference held here. Chuck C.
been delivered ever since. Because I find it good. I love this road, and I love it cheap. Fortunately for me, all these other parts, problems disappear. That she and I have found a life together that's terrific. She tells me now, Daddy, if we had to spend those ten years in hell to find what we have today, I'm glad that it happened. And our friends, I found it pretty good to keep. We have a very happy relationship together. And my boss sits with me now, and we talk about these things, and the tears run down his cheeks, and we're not ashamed. And he tells me, Chuck, I don't know the plants would burn down than pollution. We're just getting started together. It's a wonderful life. It's a fascinating one. We are the luckiest people on earth, I think, because the very serious nature of our disease forces us, forces us to fulfill the conditions of God. Forces us to realize that a life lived by self-will can hardly be satisfactory. Forces us to see that of ourselves we are failures. Living away from, apart from God. When it works, we're away from home. So we come back home by necessity. And we find the good life. Fortunately for us, the answer to the disease of alcoholism and the answer to the riddle of life itself is one and the same answer. A personally satisfactory, conscious partnership with God, as I understand God, in the business of living. It's a fascinating thing. Those of you who are needy, give yourself a break. Come back to these meetings. Listen with an open mind. See if you think that we have something that you want. And if we have, see if you can give yourselves completely to this simple problem. And see for yourself what the miracle of AA is. See for yourself the joys that come with the AA way of life. Thank you. And that was Chuck C.
That ain't bad for a tongue-chewing bad to admit it. If you get the uh, feeling tonight that I love this program and I love its people, you'll be right. This thing we've got here is big and all outdoors. Would to God that it was possible to explain surrender. Would to God. But it isn't. The more learned we are, the less likely we are to uh, embrace surrender. Personally, I never surrendered once in 43 years. Not to God, man, woman, or the devil. And when the time came, I was surrendered. I didn't consciously surrender. I was surrendered. <coughs> And I've had 36 years and 10 months of the easiest life that I've ever known and the only good life that's ever been known. Fantastic thing. I've totally concluded that the great significance of our surrender in Alcoholics Anonymous is to get rid of the human ego. I want, I don't want, I like, I don't like, I yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to go. It's got to go. On Wednesday night of this week, I, uh, was acting at Clancy's 24th birthday. <coughs> Clancy called a new sponsor. He came down with Luann Sims when uh, Fairfax was pitching for the Dodgers. World Series game coming up. Fairfax was going to pitch. And he came down with two tickets. For me to get that game. Clerk off town, my class. Down on Alameda Street. And he gave me those two tickets. And after I'd accepted them, he uh, asked me to be a sponsor. <laughs> I began to find one of the American two tickets, I tell you that. <coughs> So I told him I told him he could tell me responsibly one day, but I wouldn't tell him my baby. <coughs> because I need a sponsor and I have babies. Which is just the reverse of cancer. I got a picture on my Ben Wall with uh, 168 people in it. <coughs> and there are only two people in the picture that aren't cancer's babies or cancer's myself. 
longer and lonely. I asked the same thing, and they were big, big people in the psychiatric business. And perhaps you was the only one of them that was really oriented with the power greater than himself. And so Roland went see, and he was in dire need of help. And it was Dr. Roland that told him that people in his condition had to have a spiritual awakening. Let's do that. Because he couldn't get out of this thing alone. And Roland took a card, and he went back to his group. And he went on to Eddie. Eddie was the chap that first went to Bill. Told Bill about this deal with Dr. Carl Jung. And how Dr. Jung said this was something we couldn't get out of by ourselves. <coughs> that it was necessary that we establish a relationship with a power greater than ourselves. And this was the start of our father's money. Now, Eddie had trouble. Eddie Thatcher was his name. God rest his soul. And Eddie, after taking this message to Bill, spent 18 years on the Bowery. In New York. Until Dallas, Texas, sent a little quarterly with several hours up to the Bowery and kidnapped the old boy. Carried him off down to Dallas, put him in the hospital, sobered him up. And uh, on his first birthday, Bill Wilson left my house in Beverly Hills and went to Dallas to celebrate Eddie's first birthday. And he did. Then he went on back to New York. And Eddie was drunk before he got back to New York. But they sobered him up again. And he had eight years. And I spent quite a little time with him during those eight years when he was not drinking. And I think I saw his problem pretty plainly. Because you see, he was the man that really carried the message to death. And nobody in the world knew Eddie. After the years had gone by a while. And everybody knew Bill and Dr. Bach. And it was a matter of being hurt. Well, he thought that everybody should know him. And he didn't say that. But he 
said this. I said um, when I was with him the last time. <coughs> Eddie, will you ever be able to get over your resentment that Bill and Dr. Bob actually taking your duty that you've given to Bill in the first place? Uh, and taking the sting away from you and being the big people in our lives and others. Oh, said after a fashion. <laughs> after a fashion. And I cried inside because I did it as sweet as that. Did it as sweet as that. And, uh, I can understand it, you know, because here he was, the guy that carried the message to Bill, and Bill and Bob were the, the big boys that nobody knew. And so, after a year, Eddie had done good. And uh, Bill said for it. And he went up to Bill's house in Bedford Hills, New York. And he got, he got over his drunk. He died sober. But, uh, not too long, you know. Greetings. Welcome to today's podcast. We're going to be uh, reading Proverbs, the... Um, the Passion Translation, which I've been wanting to do this because alongside of it, if we need more clarity, I have the uh, New King James or ability to get any other translation that is our favor to get more clarity on this. Very quickly, we're going to be reading Proverbs 1 for today from the Passion Translation. Heavenly Father, give us your approval, Lord. We seek your kingdom, we seek your revelations, we live by your words of wisdom to empower us to reign in life. Give us, Lord God, your mercy and your grace, Lord. Thank you for forgiving us of all our sins. We ask you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here are the kingdom revelations, words to live by. It's called the prologue. And words of wisdom given to empower you to reign in life. Written as Proverbs by Israel's king, Solomon, David's son. Within these sayings we will be found the revelations of wisdom and the impartation of spiritual understanding. Use them as keys to unlock the treasures of true knowledge. And those who cling to these words will receive discipline to demonstrate wisdom in every relationship. And to choose what is right and just and fair. These proverbs will give you great skills to teach you, to teach the immature and make them wise. To give youth the understanding of their design and destiny. For the wise, these proverbs will make you even wiser. And for those with discernment, you will be able to acquire brilliant strategies for leadership. These kingdom revelations will break open your understanding to unveil the deeper meaning of parables, 
poetic riddles and epigrams, and to unravel the words and enigmas of the wise. We cross the threshold of true knowledge when we live in obedient devotion to God. Stubborn know-it-alls will never stop to do this, for they are scorned true wisdom and knowledge. The Wisdom of a Father Pay close attention, my child, to your father's wise words, and never forget your mother's instruction, for their insight will bring you success, adorning you with grace-filled thoughts and giving you reins to guide your decision. When peer pressure compels you to go with the crowd and sinners invite you to join in, you must simply say no. When the gang says, we're going to steal and kill and get away with it, we'll take down the rich and rob them, we'll swallow them up alive and take what we want from whom, where, whoever we want, then we'll take their treasure and fill our homes with loot. So come on and join us. Take your chance with us. We'll divide up all we get. We'll each end up with a big bag of cash. <clears throat> My son refused to go with them and stay afar away from them. For crime is their way of life and bloodshed their specialty. To be aware of their snare is the best way to escape. <clears throat> They'll resort to murder to steal their victims' assets. But eventually it will be their own lives that are ambushed. In their ungodly disrespect for God, they'll bring destruction on their own lives. Wisdom warning. Wisdom praises are sung in the streets and celebrated far and wide. Yes, wisdom song is not always heard in the halls of higher learning, but in the hustle and bustle of everyday life. Its lyrics can always be heard above the din of the crowd. You will hear wisdom warnings as she preaches courageously to those who stop to listen. Foolish ones, how much longer will you cling to your deception? How much longer will you mock wisdom? You cynical scorners who fight the facts, come back to your senses and be restored to reality. Don't even think about refusing my rebuke. Don't you know that I am ready to pour out my spirit of wisdom upon you? and bring to you the revelation of my words that will make your heart wise. I call to you over and over, still you refuse to come to me. I pleaded with you again and again, yet you turn a deaf ear to my voice. Because you have laughed at my counsel and have insisted on continuing your stubbornness, I will laugh when your calamity comes and will turn away from you at the time of your disaster. Make a joke of my advice with you, then I'll make a joke out of you. When the storm clouds of terror gather over your head, when dread and distress consume you and your catastrophe comes like a hurricane, you will cry to me, but I won't answer. Then it will be too late to expect my help. When desperation drives you to search for me, I will be nowhere to be found because you have turned up your nose at me and closed your eyes to the fact and refused to worship me in all because you scoff at my wise counsel and laughed at my correction. Now you will eat the bitter fruit of your own ways. You made your own bed, now lie in it. So how do you like that? Like an idiot, you turned away from me and chosen destruction instead. Your self-satisfied smugness will kill you. But the one who always listens to me will live undisturbed in a heavenly peace free from fear, confident and courageous.
The one will rest unafraid, that one, and shelter from the storms of life. The word of the Lord, the Passion Translation. Thanks be to God.